0: It's the Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening.
1: Pain at the pump. Good afternoon. Welcome to the broadcast. Don't look now, but gas prices are the highest they've been all year. In a dozen states, it's averaging more than 4 bucks a gallon. It's getting close to that in New York and Pennsylvania. This frustrated motorist is fed up with what it costs to fuel up these days. It's come to the point where gas is so expensive. Southern California, the average price for regular and leaded is now more than $6 a gallon. Business analyst Jill Schlesinger says the energy crunch could cause the Fed Federal Reserve to rein
2: in interest rate high it looks like inflation is re accelerating mostly due to energy prices crude oils up by about 30 percent over the last few months A just
1: released Siena College poll shows for eight in ten New Yorkers the cost of living is the biggest concern they have right now
3: the costs that people are bleeding right now uh, you know whether they're going to the grocery store whether they're getting gas things just cost so much right now
1: that shopper expressing the sentiment of many across the the country. Inflation rose in July and August after 12 straight months of decline. Experts say energy costs are a huge reason why. Attorney General Merrick Garland on the hot seat on Capitol Hill. He's testifying before a panel today about the investigations into the Biden family business dealing. Our
3: job is not to take orders from the president, from Congress, or from anyone else about who or what to criminally investigate.
1: Garland telling the House Judiciary Committee that his job is to pursue justice without fear or favor. That testimony comes as Republicans investigate whether the Justice Department's become politicized and weaponized under Garland's leadership. President Biden promises to climate-proof the world through an ambitious green energy agenda. In his speech yesterday to the UN, he Called global warming an existential threat,
3: climate change skeptic Mark Morano. The COVID emergency declaration made the climate activists jealous. We had a Teen Vogue activist say, "If we can shut down the world for a virus, we can do the same thing for climate." and that's exactly what they want to do. Vice
1: President Harris blames climate change for why Americans aren't buying homes or starting families.
2: I've heard young leaders talk with me about a term they've coined called climate anxiety, which is fear of the future and the unknown of whether it makes sense for you to even think about having children, whether it makes sense for you to think about aspiring to buy a home, because what will this climate be?
1: Steve Malloy with JunkScience.com says young people aren't buying homes because of climate change. They aren't buying homes because they can't Fordham He's worried about the long-term impact of the go-green-or-bust movement. It's war
3: against our economy, they want to shut down the fossil fuel industry. Meanwhile, they say that communist China's coal emissions are not a problem. OPEC is back in the driver's seat like they were in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s.
1: Malloy says those who worship at the altar of green energy are pressuring the White House to declare a national climate change emergency. Environmentalists point to a record 23 extreme weather events in this country this year as proof that 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 something needs to change. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky will be making the rounds tomorrow in Washington, D.C. He's got stops planned on Capitol Hill and the White House where he will huddle with President Biden. Zelensky's looking for more weapons as the war against Russia rages on. That Ukrainian leader told the UN yesterday that Russia is using his country as a launching pad for further aggression.
4: The goal of the present war
3: against Ukraine is to turn our land, our people, our lives, our
0: resources into a weapon against
1: you. Congress currently debating another $24 billion aid package for Ukraine. September's on pace to break the monthly record for illegal border crossings. Last weekend alone, there were over 35,000 unlawful entries into this country. New York City Councilman Joe Borelli says President Biden is to blame. He
3: came in office in 2021, changed the policy at the border, appointed Kamala Harris, the border czar, say we're going to find the root causes of migration and stop it. Nothing like that has happened. It's been an abject failure. He should come and see the the Biden bills that he's created in some of these places.
1: More than 113,000 migrants have arrived in New York City since last spring, and that's expected to cost the taxpayers $12 billion by 2025. Ford says it's averted a strike at its plants in Canada. That's the good news. Reporter Jeff Gilbert has the bad. The UAW says more plants will join the strike Friday unless they see serious movement from car makers. Stellantis Chief Operating Officer Mark Stewart says they are very serious.
5: We, we gave a very strong and competitive offer. We were at Twenty percent pay raise over the four years, with
4: ten percent at ratification.
1: The union is seeking forty percent raises. Jeff Gilbert, Detroit. Here comes Christmas and the jobs. Holiday hiring is here.
4: Target says it will add nearly 100,000 seasonal roles for the holiday season. Macy's and Bloomingdale's say they plan to hire more than 38,000 full and part-time seasonal employees. But Amazon must really need the help with all those holiday
1: clicks. It'll hire 250,000 people. Car spotted. Matt Piper, baseball's biggest star is LA Angels two-way all-star Shohei Ohtani. But Shohei is only going one way next year. The team's announced the pitcher slash slugger will only hit in 2020. 24. Otani's a free agent at the end of the season. He's already undergone season-ending surgery to repair his elbow. Still to come on the noon report, Twindergarten in Pennsylvania, automatic voter registration, and drugs at the daycare.
5: Good afternoon. I'm Kevin Williams, guy for Chamber of Commerce Weather around our region for the rest of the week. I'll fill in the specifics in the complete forecast in 10 minutes. All right,
1: Kevin, thank you very much. News where you live next. Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro announcing a major initiative that he says will expand access to voting in the Commonwealth. Critics fear could lead to fraud and abuse. Through executive action, the governor has just made Pennsylvania the 24th state to make voter registration an automatic part
4: of getting a driver's license. Greater voter participation equals a stronger dem- Democracy, because I fundamentally believe no matter who you're going to vote for or what your particular viewpoint is, the more engaged our citizenry, the stronger our country, the healthier our democracy. And we took a giant leap forward here in the Commonwealth today to do just that.
1: Shapiro says automatic registration has the potential to add hundreds of thousands of Pennsylvanians to voter rolls in a swing state. Republicans fear automatic registration will undermine election integrity.
2: Pennsylvania is a State where illegal immigrants can get driver's licenses. So what is stopping an illegal immigrant from checking the box? Yes, I registered. Why did this happen? Why now? Guess what? Republicans are finally out registering Democrats. We got to change the rules. Sound familiar?
1: former White House Press Secretary, Kayleigh McEnany. A number of counties in New York are actively recruiting people to work the polls on Election Day. It is a paid position. Erie County Democratic Chairman Jeremy Zellner. We
5: can't run our elections without good poll inspectors because they are actually the people who are at the table signing people in. They're the people giving you your ballot and, you know, there's thousands of them that work that one day who keep the election going every year. You can learn more about how to
1: become a poll worker on the New York State Board of Elections website. Democrats will keep their one-vote majority in the Pennsylvania House. They won a special election Tuesday in the suburbs of Pittsburgh. Former congressional aide Lindsey Powell will join other lawmakers next week when the House reconvenes in Harrisburg. New York's new ammo database causing some headache for gun owners.
2: Gun owners say they've been improperly denied or experienced lengthy delays to purchase ammunition for their legal firearms in the days since a new law took effect requiring a state police background check to purchase firing rounds. The site says you can apply 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but gun owners say it can take anywhere from 30 minutes to days until they get a response. The state police say it's a new site and they'll need time to work the kinks out. There is a lawsuit challenging the constitutionality of the database, and that is working its way through federal court. Sarah Harnish, Family Life News. All right,
1: thank you, Sarah. We have more today on that Bronx daycare where a baby died. From fentanyl exposure last week, Juliet Papa starts our coverage.
2: Frank Tarantino heads New York's Drug Enforcement Office and knows too well the deadly reach of fentanyl.
3: Every New Yorker should be outraged by
2: this senseless tragedy. U.S. Attorney Damian Williams announced federal charges against the operator and an employee of the Bronx Day Care Center, where a one-year-old boy died and three others were poisoned after fentanyl exposure. A tiny amount almost imperceptible to the eye, can kill an adult. And so imagine what it can do to the body
3: of a little baby.
2: Williams revealed that a kilo of fentanyl was found in a closet on top of children's play mat. The daycare operator called her partners before dialing 911 when the children were in distress.
1: Correspondent Jessica Moore has more on the charges now facing those who own that daycare.
0: Charged with murder in the one-year-old's death are Gray Mendez, who ran the daycare, and Carlisto Acevedo Brito, who was renting a bedroom there.
4: They were running a drug operation from a daycare center.
0: Now prosecutors allege Mendez tried to cover up the scene, calling her husband twice before she called 911. Prosecutors also say surveillance footage shows Mendez's husband entered the daycare and leave with two full shopping bags through the back alley all before emergency personnel arrive once again frank tarantino with the dea fentanyl
3: crept into our illicit drug supply like a cancer slowly and deceptively and is now in everything and everywhere killing victims instantly indiscriminately. Fentanyl is the most urgent threat in our nation.
1: Police continue searching for a third suspect in that tragic story about the Bronx daycare. A bill to help parents in Pennsylvania see more of what their children are taught at school has been approved by the Senate Education Committee. It requires districts post online the title for every textbook used in the classroom as well as the course syllabus. Pennsylvania parents could soon gain more control over their kids' social media use. New Senate legislation requires big tech get parental consent for minors to create new accounts. Moms and dads would also be able to sue social media platforms for physical or mental harm caused by online sites. Well, everybody's seeing double these days at one school in southeastern Pennsylvania. That story from Family Life's Terry Diener. It's
4: not unusual for school districts to have one or two sets of twins beginning kindergarten garden but the colonial school district in plymouth meeting pennsylvania is welcoming get this 17 sets of twins this school year it's a phenomenon they call twinder garden. teachers across the district in montgomery county are taking great care to treat each student as an individual while keeping in mind the special connection that twins share with their siblings terry Deener. Family Life News. What a great
1: story. Thank you, Terry. And with the teacher shortage still raging, many are wondering are there any good places to be a teacher? Well, a recent study by Wallet Hub ranks New York number two in the nation on that list. The list of the best states for educators, Pennsylvania came in thirteenth. Virginia was tops in the nation. History being made in Bradford County, Pennsylvania. The town of Athens has just sworn in its first ever female police chief. Her name is Carla Deeg, and she says it's a an honor to serve and is humbled by the community support. It
4: meant a lot. It really did. And to hear the support and the outpouring from a lot of people in the community. So I was really surprised.
1: Deeg takes over as chief of police for Athens Township in October. Police and staff at a fur farm near Sunbury, Pennsylvania, still working to recover as many as 800 minks that officials say were released from that farm. It happened early Sunday. Uh, police say somebody cut holes in the fence that surrounds the farm and let the animals escape. A Western New York woman will be on a popular TV game show tonight.
0: Roswell Park physician-scientist
2: Pam Sung, an Amherst resident, will compete on Jeopardy tonight, making it a dream come true twice. She competed in a previous episode that aired in February 2021 during the COVID-19 pandemic. WIVB-TV reports it was a lifelong dream for Sung, and she's one of the few people who gets to do it twice. Sung had reportedly been auditioning for the show since she was a teenager. Jeopardy airs weeknights at 7.30 p.m. on CBS. Dee Haley, Family Life News.
1: All right, we'll be rooting for her. Thank you, Dee. And your midweek, midday sports is next on the Family Life Noon Report.
4: and down the stretch they come. Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, the American League West race is tightening up. The wild card races are as tight as ever. The final two weeks of the season are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Let's start in the West, in the American League. The Astros still hold on to the lead, but they are trending in the wrong direction. Austin Hayes of the Baltimore Orioles belted two home runs last night and drove in four to lead the O's over the Astros nine to five. The Strohs have now lost six of eight. With their loss, both Seattle and Texas pulled them within a half game of the lead. The Mariners took down Oakland 7-2. The Rangers came back to beat Boston 6-4. Now both Texas and Seattle are tied for the final wild card spot. Just one game behind Toronto. The Blue Jays won their fourth in a row, beating the Yankees 7-1 to on the strength of home runs from George Springer, Bo Bichette, and Alejandro Kirk. Over in the National League, the wild card race is even more convoluted. Arizona doubled up the Giants 8-4 to hold on to the second slot. A half game of the Cubs, who blasted the Pirates 14-1. Chicago remains a half game ahead of Miami, who edged the Mets 4-3. Cincinnati now a game behind Chicago after falling to the Twins 7-0. Kenta Maida struck out eight and allowed only one hit over five innings to pick up the win. Still in it are the Giants, who are three games back, and the Padres, who you'd think would have to win out at this point. They are five and a half games behind. And the best team in the Bigs keeps rolling along. The Atlanta Braves won easily over the Phillies, 9 3. That is a look at sports. All right, the winning comes easy in hot Atlanta
1: these days. Thank you, Randy. Still to come on the Noon Report Entrepreneurial Athletes,
3: Revival at Auburn, and How to Help a Friend in Need. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center on John Stone Street. Back in 2017, the Supreme Court ruled that to deny a church an otherwise available public benefit on account of its religious status is to violate the Free Exercise Clause of the Constitution. In that case, Trinity Lutheran Church of Columbia v. Comer, a Missouri church that operated a licensed preschool and daycare facility, applied for state funding that was set aside for qualifying organizations to purchase recycled tires to resurface playgrounds. Trinity Lutheran met all the qualifications of the program, but the state informed them that a grant would violate a state constitutional provision that no money shall ever be taken from the public treasury, directly or indirectly, in aid of any church, section, or denomination of religion, end quote. Well, Trinity Lutheran sued, claiming that because of the Free Exercise Clause in the First Amendment, a government benefit cannot be withheld solely because of religion. In his majority decision, Chief Justice John Roberts agreed, writing this, quote, The exclusion of Trinity Lutheran from a public benefit for which it is otherwise qualified solely because it is a church is odious to our Constitution and cannot stand. The Trinity Lutheran case was just six years ago. But in a case of those who forget history are doomed to repeat it, Colorado is the latest state to forget something about which the court has been very clear. This is the inaugural year of Colorado's Universal Preschool Program, which funds 15 hours of preschool a week for every child in the state. To be a part of the program, the state's requiring that preschools sign a service agreement, and that includes a commitment to not discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation or so-called gender identity. Well, In August, the Denver Catholic Archdiocese, which operates 36 preschools that serve 1,500 kids a year, filed a lawsuit noting that this service agreement would force them to hire teachers and administrators who do not hold to their faith commitments recently in massachusetts state officials denied an adoption license to a catholic couple claiming that their faith made them unsupportive of transgender ideology similarly the state of oregon denied an adoption license to a young widowed mother because she did not commit to taking a hypothetically gender confused hypothetical kid to a gender clinic Years ago, in a Breakpoint commentary, Chuck Colson described the jury selection process and the trial of Jack Kevorkian, a doctor that was accused of helping at least 27 of his patients kill themselves. Kevorkian's lawyer attempted to ban anyone who said their Christian faith forbade suicide from serving on that jury, claiming that that belief would make them unfairly biased. Here was Chuck's analysis.
4: The logic of Kevorkian's defense attorney could be applied to any criminal trial. If potential jurors can be excluded for believing that assisted suicide is immoral, what will be the Next step, will the attorneys of accused murderers be permitted to exclude jurors whose religion teaches that life is
3: sacred? Well, more than 25 years after Chuck Colson said those things, that dismal hypothetical seems well less hypothetical. As the Colorado, Massachusetts, Oregon stories all reveal, some public officials are so hostile to the Christian faith they'd rather allow children to sleep on office floors of government buildings and remain in juvenile detention centers rather than go to a home if the parents are religious. Of course, there must always be moral restrictions around who can and cannot adopt children and operate a preschool. Restrictions are necessary to protect children. However, some states are. Now operating from a moral framework that has everything exactly backwards, claiming to protect children, they instead put them in danger, subject to irreversible physical, psychological, and emotional damage. So people of faith are told that they need not apply for adoption licenses, for preschool programs, for serving on juries, for feeding the homeless, for advocating for the preborn, or caring for the sick and dying. Well, who do they imagine will take their place? For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. For more resources, visit breakpoint.org. Outside we go next, Kevin Williams.
5: Here is your family life weather forecast. We've got smooth sailing weather-wise ahead for the rest of the week. We call for this afternoon. Sunshine will prevail. There'll be a few scattered patchy clouds in a few parts of western New York and western Pennsylvania. Lovely day, though. High temp, 60s to near 70 generally very cool tonight. Lows in the 40s and low 50s. Sunny tomorrow. Sunny on Friday with high temperatures generally in the low and mid 70s. Hi Kevin, thank you. This is
1: the Noon Report. I'm your host Bob Price. Lots going on Wednesday, the 20th of September. House Republicans plan to hold their first impeachment hearing next week into President Biden. One week from tomorrow in fact. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer says there's a money flow that doesn't pass the smell test. We
3: found over 20 million dollars that the Bidens have received from foreign nationals, and the Biden family cannot say one thing they did to account for what they received that money for. The White
1: House calls the probe a baseless, evidence-free stunt. Attorney General Garland is testifying today before the House Judiciary Committee. He denies charges that the Justice Department has become weaponized and politicized under his watch. President Biden meeting this morning in New York with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. That gets, together comes after some fireworks yesterday at the U.N. General Assembly. Here's reporter Lucas Tomlinson.
0: Critics are pointing out the irony. Iran's president given
1: a
2: free pass in New York to speak, yet it was Israel's ambassador that was detained for voicing his right to free speech and protest.
1: The Israeli ambassador was protesting the treatment of the Iranian people by the Iranian regime when he was led away from the chamber. GOP presidential contender Nikki Haley says President Biden looked weak on the world stage yesterday and that sends the wrong message to America's enemies. Joe
2: Biden is asleep at the wheel. He doesn't get it. The American people are smarter than this. They see that he doesn't get it. And it is time for a new generational leader.
1: Haley has taken some heat for endorsing mental competency exams for any politician over the age of 75. Congress debates the pros and cons of college athletes getting paid today. They're taking a closer look at the ncaa's name image and likeness rule texas senator ted cruz not a fan of endorsement deals for college athletes you end
3: up having a situation that i think has the potential to undermine competitiveness in in college sports.
1: Cruz says there needs to be more oversight of NIL deals. College athletes this year projected to make more than a billion dollars because of the name-image likeness rule. New survey of American workers finds most of them are in a gloomy mood. Human Resources Manager Brad Wrencher says there are some easy fixes for the employee malaise.
3: Appreciation and
1: engagement is one of the most important things that indicate whether someone is going to be happy. The poll of employees at 1,600 companies shows a sharp drop in job satisfaction from last year. The World Health Organization is putting the spotlight on the world's most preventable cause of death.
2: The WHO says about one in three adults worldwide lives with high blood pressure, but most aren't getting adequate treatment. In its first ever report on hypertension, it says if even half of those who have high blood pressure kept it under control, 76 million deaths could be prevented by the the year 2050. Vicki
1: Barker reporting. A fish that is at the San Francisco Aquarium is believed to be the oldest fish under human care anywhere in the world. Scientists say the Australian lungfish named Methuselah is 92 years old. Methuselah was brought to that museum back in 1938. Next at noon, how to help a friend in need. Family Life's Martha Foster is offering some insights on ways we can love Love on others who are suffering
0: we want to help when a friend is hurting but most of us just don't know how so, so what do we do well we're going to talk about that today on family life's inside out where we look at how god transforms his people that's right from the inside out i'm martha manikas foster and my guest today is vanita rendell reisner who writes to encourage people in pain to turn to christ now, Vinitha, you know physical pain yourself and, and emotional pain, too. And your first encouragement is that we pray. What specifically would you recommend that we pray for? i would say that we should pray
2: for their needs like their spiritual needs their emotional needs their physical needs that they would turn to the lord and find peace that's the biggest thing is just that they would find god in their suffering and Mm then their daily strength physical healing that they would not be anxious that they would be surrounded by
0: caring friends Mm -hmm. there's so many things we can pray for so you also recommend that we show up for hurting friends. And, and I don't know any compassionate person who would, would, would disagree with the value of that. But it can feel intimidating. We don't want to say or we don't want to do the wrong thing. So what's, what's the answer to that? The answer is you don't
2: need to say anything. Just show up at their doorsteps, go to the hospital, sit in the waiting room, ask them if they want company to go somewhere, just be there. I joke that I like salty snacks and dark chocolate, but mm-hmm. you don't need to <laughs> even bring that. Uh-huh. Jesus, we see him in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he just wanted his disciples with him. So presence is such a powerful thing. Just, just be there. Mm-hmm. And listen, That's those are the important things. I, I have this acronym that I call slow. And the first one is show up. And the second one is listen, let people process because in different stages of grief, we just want to talk about how we feel without being judged. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we hear our friends talk about, you know, I'm so angry or I'm so frustrated and we want to correct their theology or help them along And really, most people just want somebody to listen. So I would say that's the second most important thing after you show up is just listen.
0: You're listening to Inside Out on Family Life. I'm talking today with Vanitha Rendell Reisner, author of the Desiring God article, Slow, S-L-O-W, How to Love Suffering People. Vanitha, when we say to a hurting friend, just let me know what you need. I've learned that we're actually burdening them. We're actually giving them the responsibility of assigning us a task. But what's a better way to offer help? And could you give us some practical examples? It's funny, because people think it's super helpful to say, call me if you need anything.
2: But Mm -hmm. that doesn't give somebody any idea of when to call. So they never call. It's most helpful if we offer something specific. So maybe, hey, I'm going to drop off a meal of spaghetti and a salad on Wednesday. Does that work? Mm -hmm. And they can say, one, you know, we're gluten free or, you know, we're Mm -hmm. "We're vegan or, hey, Wednesday doesn't work, but Thursday would be great. So as we are specific, then people know, hey, they want to drop off a meal, And, you know, can I walk your dog on Wednesday? You know, if we give them the dates and the blocks of time, then they can tell us if that helps or isn't helpful. And somebody gave me an idea. Offer something like, hey, I have Wednesday afternoon free. I can either help you run errands or I can run them for you Uh or I can babysit your kids so you can be alone and run the errands. So just give them the choice because you don't know what they want. I think sometimes we don't offer because we're not sure, well, they're going to want more than we can give. And so we don't give anything, which mm. is so sad. Whereas we might even say, hey, I have an hour. I can do some research for you. If you offer a block of time and offer some things you can do, often it's it's a very simple thing and it doesn't take over your life. And I have found that is immeasurably helpful.
0: Mm. So, Vanita, if people listening haven't reached out to a friend that's hurting because they're concerned that they're going to do something wrong or they're going to say something wrong. How would you encourage those of us? I would say just reach out and
2: tell them, hey, I don't know what the right thing is for you. I want to show up at your house. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. And, And show up. Some people are private and they don't want you to to come to their home or go to the hospital. So I would ask, but I would offer that right away and just show up and be honest with people. Listen more than you speak. Unless somebody says, I really want to hear, can you tell me? Offer your own experiences rather than Mm -hmm. sort of preaching at people. Most people in pain don't want to be preached at, but they do want somebody to walk beside them and encourage them. And, And I would also say it's never too late. If something really hard happened to a friend, and it's been months even, you -hmm. can still reach out. Don't think, oh, I wasn't there in the middle of the crisis. I can't be there now it's never too late to reach out.
1: That is author and polio survivor Vanitha Rendell Reisner on how to love suffering people. Some real practical stuff there. This is the Noon Report on Family Life.
5: Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. We've got smooth sailing weather-wise ahead for the rest of the week as we count down the final Hours of official astronomical summer, autumn arriving officially early Saturday morning. High pressure will be the dominant weather force here, and the result, fair skies, cool nights, mild days, little to no chance of rain for the rest of the week. The golf for this afternoon, sunshine will prevail. There'll be a few scattered patchy clouds in a few parts of western New York and western Pennsylvania. Lovely day, though. High temps, 60s to near 70 generally. Clear and cool tonight, lows in the 40s and low 50s sunny tomorrow, sunny on Friday with high temperatures generally in the low and mid 70s. All right,
1: Kevin, thank you. Finally at noon, everybody in the water. 200 students got baptized recently at Auburn University in Alabama following a worship service at Neville Arena. Auburn senior Michael Floyd says he'll never forget what he witnessed last Tuesday night.
4: I've seen Auburn basketball beat Kentucky. I've seen Auburn football beat Alabama, but I have Never seen something like I did on Tuesday night. That
1: revival started when one student wanted to get baptized. That one turned into 10, which then ballooned into 100 and then doubled again after that. Student journalist Kristen Carr.
2: Everyone was so just excited and joyful. I mean, I was even talking to adults who were there that were a part of it, and they said that they had never witnessed anything like that.
1: Auburn football coach Hugh Freeze even got into the water to help with those mass baptisms. The revival known as Unite Auburn started with just five female students meeting each week to pray. Pastor Jonathan Poluca says revivals like this are sweeping across the country. They're real, he says, and can I will just tell you, I've had a
3: front row seat of God moving through young adults and college students on these campuses. There's a work that he's doing, and there's a remnant of people saying, hey, I'm not interested in smoking weed, getting high, doing drugs, having sex. I want to live for something more than that. I want to live for forever. I believe there's a God, and that's what we saw at Auburn last Tuesday. Around 5,000
1: people attended last week's worship service at Auburn. The organizer of the Unite Auburn event says she's getting calls from colleges all All over America. Please bring similar programs to us. What an amazing thing that's happening there at Auburn University. And that's the world we live in Wednesday, the 20th of September. I'm Bob Price, Family Life News.
0: You've been listening to The Noon Report. Heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.